Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. If someone were to ask you, what percent of Messianic prophecies did Yeshua fulfill? What would be your answer? Now, many people would say all of them, a hundred percent of them, but this is not true. Why isn't it? Because in the Bible, we see that there are Messianic prophecies concerning Messiah's second coming. He will fulfill all Messianic prophecies, but some of them are yet to be fulfilled, and they will only be fulfilled when he returns again. But there's another point that we need to understand, and that is that there are also expectations concerning Messiah, not based upon the Bible, but based upon the sages' teaching. And Messiah, he frequently addressed these things as well. And today in our study, we're going to see that he does something to show that he is greater than all, that he is indeed the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, that all authority rests upon him. Well, with that said, take out your Bible and look with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 7, and we're going to begin in verse 11 again. Luke's Gospel, chapter 7, beginning with verse 11. Now, when we open up this passage of Scripture, we read in verse 11, and it came about on the next day. Whenever we encounter something like that, we need to remember what happened that previous day. And this is when we saw that miracle of Yeshua giving life to one who was gravely ill. And now we're going to see another miracle in order to show his identity, that he is indeed not simply a great sage, not simply a miracle worker, but he is God with us, that he is the only divine son of God. He does what no one else can do. So in verse 11, it states, And it came about on the next day that he went into a city called Nine. Now, in Hebrew, it's much more likely that this city was called Naim. Nine, an Aramaic term. Naim, a Hebrew. But what does this name of the city speak to? That which is pleasant. That which is fitting. But in a few moments, we're going to see something that is most unfitting. That which is most unpleasant. And what is that? We'll just keep reading. Look again at verse 1 where it says, He entered into a city being called Nain. And his disciples, 
they were going together with him. And notice his disciples, it says that there was a considerable amount of his disciples going together with him and also a great crowd. So imagine this. Now, this place called Nine is in the lower Galilee. And here in the midst of this time, after performing many miracles and providing great teaching concerning his perfect wisdom and understanding of the scriptures, we see that many, many people were following after him. Some being his disciples and others simply hearing the many miracles that he had done and wanting to also hear some of his teaching. And he comes to this city and notice what the scripture says. Look at verse 12. But as he drew near to the gate of the city. Now gates are important in the scripture. This is where the judges would sit. This is where things were discussed and order was brought about. The judges or the elders, they would hear disputes and they would put things in order according to the truth of God. And what are we going to see? We are going to see how Messiah puts things in order. In other words, how he is going to administrate his kingdom. There is not going to be anything unfitting in his kingdom. In other words, because of his perfect order that he will establish, things will be very pleasant in his kingdom. In agreement with that name of that town. What do we see? We'll look again at verse 12, the second part. And behold, and this always speaks of something of significance. And behold, we see that there were those who were carrying, and they were carrying a dead individual. Now, that happens, but there's something that's unfitting, something that is not pleasant taking place in regard to what we're seeing because in this city as disciples, many disciples, a considerable amount of his disciples came following together with him and also much of a crowd that had gathered also traveling with him. We see that a funeral was taking place, but pay attention. It says that this one whom they were carrying, and I'll talk more about a funeral from a biblical standpoint based upon Jewish culture in a moment, but notice it says that this one was the only son of his mother. Now, how sad is that? This woman only has one child, and now this child is dead. Now you can see why this is so unpleasant, why this is so unfitting. It ought not be that a child precedes their parent in death. And what's going to happen? Well, we're going to see because of Messiah's presence, things are going to change. He's going to put things into order, and God's order is a 
fitting or proper order and what does his order produce that which is pleasant so let me ask you a question think about your life right now are you able to say i'm having a pleasant life is your life in the right order or is it out of order are you experiencing those things that are unpleasant well there's a solution and what is that solution messiah except yeshua that is believe in the name of the lord and savior the only lord and savior messiah jesus you receive him into your life as your savior you submit to him as your lord and there is going to be a change god is going to bring your life into his order and you are going to know that peace that peace that passes all understanding you are going to know that our god is a pleasant god he enjoys blessing his new covenant people and therefore notice what's going to happen we read here there was that dead one the only son of his mother and notice what it says in verse 12 and she was a widow so she had lost her husband she was now utterly alone no one in her life no other children no husband she now had experienced the cruelty of death being left alone for her this city was anything but pleasant but notice the difference that messiah can make in your life because he's going to make a great difference in her life look at the end of verse 12 and it says and a crowd a crowd of that city and again we see that same word a considerable crowd of that city was with her now that says something you see many times there was a funeral or a wedding some family event a joyful event or a sad event and that didn't mean that everyone participated but this says something this woman she apparently was very popular because a large crowd from that city in other words those who knew her they had come out to be part of this funeral and notice what is the outcome look at verse 13 we see that same phrase and behold what does that mean well it means that that messiah was paying attention to this notice what it literally says verse 13 and the lord notice that he's not called yeshua here he's called the lord why it is going to relate that term the lord is going to relate to his identity that we're going to learn his identity from what he's about to do so look again and after seeing her who saw her the lord it says he had compassion for her now the situation caused him the fact that she was a widow the fact that now she had lost her only child this fact caused him to be full of compassion for her and let me share with you something about 
Yeshua. He is compassionate. He knows what you're going through. No one told him these things. No one said she was a widow. No one said this is her only son. No one says that this one was young, although we'll learn that he is. He knows everything. In other words, he knew what she was facing. She, he knew how bitter and difficult and unpleasant her life had become. Losing her husband and now losing her only son. And therefore, it was most appropriate that he had much compassion for her. He was moved with compassion for her. And he said to her, in the verse 13, do not weep. Now, what I love about Messiah is not only is he full of compassion, not only does he say, do not weep, but he can bring about a change that causes us not to weep, but have great joy. And what I want you to see is this. There is that inherent relationship between the order of God. Let me say that a different way. There is a great relationship between the order of God and experiencing that which is pleasant. But when you are experiencing that which is contrary to the order of God, and what is contrary to the order of God? The desires of the enemy. When you live according to the world, when you have a worldly and earthly, a materialistic perspective, you are inviting that which is unpleasant into your life. And the only way that you can find God's order, that you can experience that which is pleasant, that you can be a recipient of God's compassion is through Messiah Yeshua. There is no other way. So he says to her, do not weep, verse 14. And he came before, and notice what it says. He came before, and the implication is the, the coffin. And what did he do? He touched. So drawing near to this funeral possession, possession he touched. And even though many Bibles will say coffin, we need to realize something. This is not, for the most part, how the Jewish community buries their dead. What happens? Well, instead of putting someone in a coffin, and this is certainly true in Israel. Unfortunately, I've been to many funerals here in Israel. And we find that the deceased, they are wrapped up in a burial garment. If it's a man, they have a talit without the titsit, meaning a prayer shawl without those fringes, what's called the titsiot, upon them. They're removed. Why? Well, death removes us from the obligation of the law. And therefore, in the same way that Messiah, he had that, that talit wrapped around his head when the disciples ran to the tomb on that first resurrection day. What did they see? a separation between the burial garments that re represent impurity and that garment that was wrapped around his head, which is the prayer shawl, a important garment, a holy garment, and that's why it was folded, and that's why it was separated 
from that impurity. So this is how this one would have been, and he would have been carried upon what we might think of today as a stretcher. Therefore, and this is going to make sense in a moment, because what did he do? It says, going before, he touched, and he touched that, that stretcher. And the implication is where the deceased was lying. And it says in verse 14, but the ones carrying, when he came forth and touched, those ones who were carrying, and the implication is the one who was dead upon the stretcher, they stood, meaning they stopped. And he spoke, this is Yeshua, he spoke to, and notice, to this one who was young. He said to this one young, being young, I say to you, and here's what's problematic. Some Bibles will say he said to this young one, get up. But that's not what it says. It says, be raised. Now, why is that important? Well, first of all, it's in the passive meaning. This one is going to be caused to rise up. Significant. Why? Well, this is a miracle that relates to resurrection. And resurrection just doesn't happen. There's a cause to resurrection. And what is it? The words of Yeshua. And we can be very specific. His words of the good news of redemption that comes through his blood. He died upon that cross and he shed his blood in order that we could experience the resurrection of new life and eternal life. So he doesn't say, uh, rise up. He says, be or cause to be made to rise up. And what happens? Look at verse 15. And the dead one, what did he do? He sat up and he began, and this is what's so important. He began to speak. Now, remember what I said as we began our study. There were messianic prophecies, biblical things that we should expect Messiah, that he's already done or when he comes back, he will fulfill. But be assured, Yeshua will fulfill all messianic prophecies. There are some yet to be fulfilled, but he will fulfill all of them. But there's something we need to know. You see, back in that day and even traditional among the Jewish community today, there are those who want to proclaim that they are great ones, that they are miracle workers. And what do some do? Well, there's something known in Judaism as a golem. What is a golem? A golem is an individual, and here again, this is legendary material. This is myth. I don't believe this at all. But it was taught, it was popular, and still today, there are those who believe this. In fact, if you go to Prague, there's a synagogue where they say a golem resides there. And what is that? Well, it's a dead body that can function, but it cannot speak. This is significant because people believe that there were great rabbis that did miracles and that they could bring the dead back to life. But 
not completely. A dead one that they would resurrect. And here again, this is a, a legend. I don't believe this at all, but it forms a proper context for understanding what's happening here. See, they believed in resurrection. They believed that, that great rabbis could resurrect the dead. But they could not speak those that, that came back to a type of resurrected life. But this one, notice what it says. He began to speak. That never had been done before in this way. At that time. Now, we know that others were raised from the dead by, by individuals, prophets in the past. They spoke, but not at this time. Not under this, this, this false teaching of a golem. But here, he began to speak. Verse 15. What does Messiah do? And he gave him to his mother. What is that speaking about? Restoration. It speaks about reunion. And I can promise you this. If you are a believer in Messiah, you will be reunited with other family members that are also believers in Messiah. There is going to be a coming together of what? The people of God. We are going to be made one in his kingdom. Therefore, we will be reunited. And this scripture hints to that when it says, what did Yeshua do? After raising him from the dead, it says he gave him to his mother. Verse 16, what was the response of this considerable crowd? A considerable amount of disciples and a considerable crowd from both this city and those that were following Yeshua. Look at verse 16. But fear took hold of all. Now, this word fear, I believe, speaks to they understood the priority of God. God is a blessed God. God is a living God. He's not the God of the dead, but he's a God, the God of the living. And therefore, fear took hold of all of them. And what did they do? They glorified God, saying that a great prophet, here again, has been raised among us. What's important is this. When you look at the Texas Receptus, it's in the perfect meaning that this one has been raised up in the past meaning previous to this. They're seeing it now, and they're going to believe that this one is that great prophet on into the future, meaning it's a reference to Messiah. Now, we know that many turned away from him, but it's for the reader. And the prophet that we're referring to is the one that Moses spoke about where it says in the scripture that there's going to be a prophet from among your people, meaning the Jewish people, that God is going to raise up and we're supposed to hear him. This is what this is speaking to. So look again. We read in verse 16. But fear took a hold of all. They glorified God and they were saying, that a great prophet has been raised among 
us. And notice what else they said? And that God had visited his people. Now that word for visiting his people speaks of God moving mightily for a reason, in order that his purposes are fulfilled. And this is a powerful word. Why? Because it tells us about God's purpose, that he is a God that is pleasant. He loves you. He has compassion for you. And if you will submit to him and believe in his word, that he is going to move to bring about eternal life, kingdom life, and that we are going to be reunited with fellow believers from within our family and even beyond that. It says here that God has visited his people and let's look at the last verse, verse 17. And this word went forth. Now, I would suggest to you that this word for going forth, this verb is related to redemption. This word of resurrection, this word of restoration, it went forth and it spoke to the outcome, the consequences, the results of redemption. So last verse, verse 17, this word went out into all of Judea concerning him. And what is the purpose of this? To tell us that if we want to experience the results of redemption, it all stems from him. He is the one, everything about redemption concerns him. If you're going to experience the blessings of redemption, it is only possible through him. There's no other way. There's no other religion. There's no other dogma. Only what we find in the scriptures, the holy scriptures. So it says, and this word went out in all of Judea concerning him and in all the region around about. What does this speak to? Good news. Good news of life. A life that only he could provide. If he hadn't stepped in, what would happen? This one would have been buried. There would have been that, that grief for that mother. And she would have been alone. But because of Yeshua, this, this grief became glory. And this mourning became that which is pleasant. And all of that comes about because of God's order. So let me ask you again. Does your life reflect God's order? If you're trying to do it on your own, or you're trying to do it through some religion, you will never succeed. You won't know that pleasant quality of the Lord. You won't experience his compassion. You won't know resurrection. You won't know restoration. And you won't experience a reunion with fellow believers but if you trust him believe in him submit to him and respond to his word so that his order can become in your life then you will experience these good things these pleasant things these appropriate things that God wants to do in your life 
Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.